I'm fired up, dude. Tony, it's so funny, man. Uh, first of all, welcome back, Athleter Podcast. Tony Rotundo joins us today. Hey. One of the very, 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 very few people in my life that gets the joke, right? And also can speak on the creative aspects of this sport. So thank you very much, Tony, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate um, it. So you, you and I were talking, I guess it was last week while you were at the Pan Am Games, and we were talking about how you kind of became – look, let's be honest, right? Like it's you, Justin Hawk, the, 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 the list of, of elite wrestling photographers is pretty short. Elite. Um, but, but here's the thing. You have separate, you and Justin specifically, in my eyes, have separated yourselves. Um, how did you get into that, man? Like, how, how does one even, like, kind of go, oh, you know what, I'm going to shoot shoot wrestling for a living? Well, I wrestled, you know, my right. whole life. Um, and honestly, I took a sabbatical from wrestling in the 90s. And that was really helpful because I, I my dad was a coach. I was pressured into it. I was, I was cutting a lot of weight as a young kid. And I didn't don't think I loved it. I had I had totally fallen out of love with it. Like I wrestled a couple of years in college, and I discovered that there were other things in the world, like girls and beer, yeah. and um and all so, good things by the way. You know, <laughs> Big fan. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so I took a break. I moved out to San Francisco from um, Buffalo, New York, and I took like a almost ten year, about an eight year break from it. Um, I did try officiating when I first got there, and I got to tell you, every coach, anybody involved in wrestling should try officiating at least once because it is thankless and it is very difficult. And having, you know, you're at a, a, a little junior high meet and parents are screaming in your face that their kid mm -hmm. wasn't pinned. And you're like, first of all, your kid was pinned. And second of all, stop screaming at me because you're just mad that your kid lost the match. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so, so anyways, that, that I suffered for that for about a half a season. You couldn't, by the way, you couldn't, you couldn't pay me enough to officiate. Like it, I, you, you just couldn't pay me enough to do it. it I'd it, rather it, chew on tinfoil. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> it should be required. Like, you know, military. I agree. No, it's, it's a it service. It should be required. Like, like it, to get your coaching certificate. 100%. You should have to officiate. I did it. I did it at a. So when I was growing up, um, if you officiated uh, the freestyle and Greco events in New Jersey, they would give you free entry to both styles. And I was like, well, that works because I don't have any money. And my dad was like, yeah, figure it out. <laughs> and so I would officiate. And it, immediately I was like, well, this is not for me at all. I'll pay the 30 bucks. I'll figure that out. Cause that is just not for me, but yes, it does give you a certain perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, I was working around Berkeley high school and around 2000 walked into the wrestling room and immediately I had mentioned that I had officiated before and the coach 
you know, they needed help. So they put a whistle around my neck and said, go officiate. Now, I had not been around the sport for a long time. And I was like, I don't even remember the rules anymore. But um, I got into, they needed help. And I got into coaching way, way deeper than I had ever planned. Um, I coached there for five years. Um, there were some great kids, but it was a little bit more intramural. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I tell people I wanted to be like the fifth assistant coach at Clovis High School. Right. Yes. I wanted to be the guy that comes in that, you know, on on Tuesday and Thursday that helps show an old school sit out, you know, right. because they somehow want to learn that. And so I wound up becoming head coach at Berkeley High School and I my heart wasn't in it. My it just wasn't for me. I wanted to go and watch and see the best wrestling in the world, if not the country and college and stuff. And I ran into John Sachs, who was a, who was a great photographer uh, in his own right. And he was shooting from the stands and the North Coast section of, um, you know, up outside of the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was putting them up on a website. And I said, that's what I want to do. And I had been done photography, quite a bit of photography in high school and college, and just put the two together. And so started the funny story. My, the, the day I started was there was a two day qualification for states, right? The the North Coast section tournament on Friday. None of my kids qualified for Saturday on Saturday. And 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 you know, I was the kind of coach that was like everybody was my enemy because you know I am my father's son, right? And it was like, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't talk to anybody, even though I. I didn't have very good. I didn't have any kids that, that were competitive. I still had like a chip on my shoulder. So that was Friday, and I walk in the room on Saturday with a camera, and I'm telling you, like it was such a completely different world. I was friendly. I was jovial. I was joking around with coaches. I was no longer, you know, we were no longer, air quote enemies. Not that we got any respect at all, but it was like, yeah, this is it, and literally that first day i'm taking some decent pictures which is hard you know hard for a, a new person to do and so um i knew and john knew very early on that it was like this this is a path this is this mm -hmm. is something to do i gotta interrupt you i'm sorry yeah. why why do you feel that you were so much happier with a camera in your hand as opposed to a whistle or clipboard as a coach because I was neutral, because I was there for everyone else. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting yelled at by coaches from an officiating standpoint. I wasn't competing with anybody else. I was mm -hmm. there to give, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was there to, to just to, to do this craft and this art um, and give back to the sport. And I, and honestly, like, I, I don't know the cliches, but my heart was just so full of joy, uh, capturing these moments that, are, and, and then, then I got into the, this competitiveness within myself and I guess sort of with other wrestling photographers, but it's like, well, that was a great shot. I want more. So if you've ever played golf, right. You, it's like, crappy 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 shots right and then you you get that feel that one perfect shot it's usually toward the end of the game right when you're ready to throw your clubs in the in the pond <laughs> right and you're like oh that felt good that sounded you're 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 the guys you you golf with are like that sounded good mm -hmm. and you're like oh that felt good and so you get those photos <laughs> and it's like i want more of that i want more of that, more of that dopamine that that happens right when you're like that was a great shot. And so 
you you start to get inspired the better you get and then you start to get feedback right and the feedback is almost all love it's very rare for somebody to say hey um, that was a shitty I'm, shot yeah yeah right. tony you took a really crappy shot and posted it see here's the thing i take a lot of shitty shots i just don't <laughs> so that that's an enormous part of it and we could get into that that whole notion we, we call editing right is like i mean that takes a ton of time you know i'll come out from a session with five thousand shots right i'll will it down to 2500 i'll go to another pass i'll will it down to about 500 i'll go to another pass and i'll whittle it down to about 250. so there are a lot of shots that suck and they're out of focus or there's a ref in the way or the timing wasn't just right i have more so. shots of referees asses <laughs> than i care to like it's it's kind of it's ridiculous it's it's almost like i'm pretty sure they do it on purpose yeah but go ahead absolutely no no totally so um so i think it's that 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 joy of giving back to the sport and then getting feedback so we started to get into a loop right so it was like the the joy of of being able to capture being good at it and being able to capture like really high quality shots and then getting the feedback from that it makes you want to do it more and more and more and so you know i started traveling i started getting into bigger events i've been to i don't know 16 ncaa championships and and of course the first one i wasn't invited down on the floor you know you got to pay your dues you gotta sure. got you gotta do put in your time i mean like like any craft like wrestling any sport whatever what is it the ten thousand? you gotta hit a move ten thousand times before you're proficient at it that kind of thing mm -hmm. it's no she different right the, hey, well hold yeah. on let, let me interrupt i'm sorry because okay. i i, I want to get back to a word that you used service sure. i wonder i wonder if and and i'm not i'm singling you out because i'm speaking to you but i i what i'm really doing is kind of talking to coaches across the board i wonder if we spent more time in service of others if we'd find more joy in it and so do you think that if you spent more time in the servitude of coaching that you would have found more joy in it it's tricky to say i think it's environment i think you have to be in the right environment if mm -hmm. if you're if it, and i don't want to disparage the kids not that any of them are listening to this podcast that i was coaching at berkeley but it was intramural i was baby i was watching the kids for an hour and a half uh after school and so mm -hmm. i was not getting back from that service that i was you know providing whatever um and so my heart was was fading from it it was right. it wasn't bringing me joy so i think i think it's tricky i think if you just throw someone into something and say serve them you know do your service um they're not always going to get joy out of that um if they aren't getting the feedback that they need right sure. if, if it's going nowhere if you're banging your head against the wall you know eventually you just don't want to do that anymore sure sure that makes sense yeah, yeah. so yeah um okay. you know the, the 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 getting back you had you would ask like well, what what makes it um me or justin unique and 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 there is a you you there's a distillation so taking a good picture is only one part of it right and then there's carrying and cr the craft of art and th that that's really kind of the what I, we were chatting about last week right something inspired me some text 
like Twitter debate about uh, generative AI, fill, generative fill and stuff like that, mm -hmm. being able to mask out other people. And I'm like, all photography, in my mind, and this is debatable, but all photography is art. Even if it's journalism, it's art, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's sports photography, it's art. And that's kind of what inspired me to, to come on and talk about like, you really have to be an artist. You have to really care about the artistry. And so, you know, with the cameras now taking 15 to 20 frames a second, which shot is the perfect shot of those 20 frames? And then, you know, you have to bring it into your processing, you know, you know, applications and you have to tune it and you have to crop it and you have to do all these things. And you have to turn that, that moment in time into a small work of art. And I'm not saying that they're all Picassos. Right. They're not all masterpieces. They're not right. all masterpieces because then the third factor that comes in is their storytelling. Right. And right. so, and, and so the storytelling for me is like, let's say I've got 15 frames, 15 shots that I want to use in a match. They are going to tell a story of the match and they're not going to tell the whole story, but they're going to tell, you know, uh, there's going to be a linear narrative to to what's going on in the match, and that is another factor that I think that um, makes me stand out, and and a couple of the other guys stand out. Um, versus, and here's an example: like these AP shooters. I was just in Santiago, Chile, at the Pan Am Games. They will, um, they'll, they'll, sh their whole thing is they need one or two shots of a person. They need a hand raise and an action shot, and mm -hmm. that's all they need. Right with a face involved and they will sacrifice the next match. They'll sacrifice half of the next match while they're putting, they're uploading They're they're doing quick processing. They're putting in the captions and they're uploading those sacrificing the first half of the next match. Uh, and then they'll pick up their camera and they'll get an action shot and a hand raise of, and then the they'll edit match. and then they'll upload and then exactly. Right. And I am like, that ain't me. Right. That's not that's not what I'm trying to do. One, one, I don't want to miss action. Like it is again, it is that perfect golf shot. It is a drug. <laughs> like, yeah. right? It is like to if if two people are flying, if you miss a shot, like if I hear the crowd roar, my heart sinks. Right. If yes. I'm like walking, I went to the bathroom or something like that, I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. What I miss. And now I'll literally ask people, I'll be like, Do you see what it was? And then you know, I'll be like, did you get a ref in the way? <laughs> you know, secretly hoping nobody got the shot. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that way. I hope people got the shot. Well, I, no, I, I, I hear you, but okay. There are pros and cons um, to what I do and what you do. Meaning I usually work on the video side of things, usually work on the still side of things. Um, I can always go to the, to the stream footage. <laughs> You can't <laughs> like you don't have that. You don't have that option. Yeah, you know. If I didn't so, take the shot, I don't have the shot. You don't have the shot. Like if you don't, it, like you know. Whereas, like it's difficult for us to stay in focus. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. There's there's pros and cons, but I can always lean on the stream. Ninety nine out of a hundred times can lean on the stream footage. If I didn't get it, I can always story tell around it. Right? You guys don't have that luxury. So, so let me let me ask you this. What is more important to you, telling the story or just getting the shot? So, like, what's the process, I guess, is what I'm asking. 
Yeah, getting the shot. So, so first and foremost is, did you capture the, the, you know, in every single wrestling match, almost, you know, Mm -hmm. no offense to Greco, but you know, if like somebody comes out and uh, hits a couple of gun wrenches or, or if there's like a, a a shot where the head is buried and then they leg lace your leg laces and gut wrenches are the scourge of all wrestling photographers. Right. Um, You know, so, um, Getting that, getting the shot in. Unless you're James Green, by the way, your shot of James Green (laughs) is is the most incredible thing. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, Yeah, that was crazy. But sorry, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt again. I but like I'm geeking out here because like you know I I do generally I I genuinely love the the artistic approach to the sport that is taken by you, but not very many others. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's it. So it's it's getting it, so it would go it would go art storytelling in in answer to your question, mm-hmm. right? It would be getting that shot, making sure you get that primary action, um, and you can fail, and that's fine. You know, there are going to be other matches. It's not. It's 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 a lot like the athletes, right? You lose a match. Let's say you have a shitty day, or you have a shitty, you know, you miss a shot. Life goes on. I remember sh- really good shots that I missed. Like I'll remember for years. Tell me one um, that you missed. Yeah, it was Fargo. It was about three years ago, and I was sitting next to uh, next to Zach Eret, the, the 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 official, mm-hmm. and it was a dude was coming around with a double A takedown, and they were both flying in the air straight at me, and I missed it. I I don't know if I was looking at my phone or what I was doing, but like I just saw the most gorgeous action coming at me and I didn't have my camera up and ready to go. And I turned to Zach. This is a true story. I turned to him and I said, Zach, I missed that shot. And he's like, Oh man, that sucks. And he's like, I'm like, Zach, I'm going to remember that I missed that shot probably for the rest of my life. And he laughed. And but it's true. I was like, Hey, do you remember that shot I missed last year? But it's, it's true. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's you know it's can we um can we chalk that up to the officials getting in the way of another (laughs) action Uh, okay he wasn't the official he was sitting there no i know but he is an official so he got in the way Uh, right maybe i was talking to him i don't know um Uh, i have two or three shots in mind i've mentioned one already what's your favorite shot that you've ever gotten well, it's this shot that's on my front door. Um, it's from the Pan Am Games in 2000, uh, would it be 15, um, in in uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, interestingly, it was a bronze medal match. Nobody was really paying much attention to what was going on. And um, I had I was talking to a dude next to me. We're sitting on these benches that they have for Pan Am Games. And... Um, we were just chatting. He was a newspaper guy. He didn't hadn't chat a lot of wrestling and stuff. And I I kind of train myself if I'm just sitting there casually, the camera is up. Like it's not my lap. It's not down. It's it's kind of just mm-hmm. sitting there. You know, it's on a monopod usually. It's yeah. on a monopod, right? And so, but it's not sitting against my shoulder or anything like that. It's just kind of in generally pointing toward the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, and this dude started hitting the double and on big moves you've all been there all the wrestling fans have been there you know on those big moves you can hear the crowd there's this there's a, it, 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 i'm sure there's a scientific word for it um mm-hmm. some people that are in the audio like you you there's an audible 
like noise that happens as a big move is about to happen. I mean, it's people going like, ooh, you know, right. like, ooh, right? Well, that started and this dude came around on a double and just leaped in the air and it was dead on. I had both faces. I had the official looking like with his eyes wide open and they're maybe three feet in the air, both of them. Um, All feet off the ground. I'm sending it to Joel right now. Joel, yeah. if you could somehow get this up, it'd be freaking call, uh, killer. Um, okay. So that's your favorite shot. Well, in, 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 well, here, here, I guess it's a tricky question, Mike, and you, I love your tricky questions. So from an action standpoint, that's my favorite shot, but storytelling, storytelling it's Much like Snyder over Sedgelayev, you know, to win the team championship in 2017 worlds, right? Sedgelayev won or uh, Snyder, Snyder, Snyder won. Um, Helen beating, you know, winning, winning gold. I mean, you know, the storytelling, right, is can be become very emotional. And with Helen, I mean, I, I'm not lying. Like I was trying, like full tears. And the podium shots, I mean, I am just bawling, right? Like just because you know how much work and passion went into to her winning the, you know, the two thousand. First of all, taking out Icho, right? Like right. that's humongous yeah second of all like i was skeptical she was going to make that weight like right. like th there's just so many different things that were like and this is a full-on year yeah that she has been kind of slowly descending and then to do it and to do it on the biggest stage yeah no it was i remember where i was like so there there are moments Yep. That you've captured. I remember I was sitting in a freaking Chili's in, 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 uh, I'm not kidding. I was, I, I swear to God, I was sitting in a Chili's with my family. Cause it was the day that we like two days after we moved to Texas, right. In 2016. And it was just like, I'm sitting there screaming right. at a Chili's right. and these people are like, you guys are fucking nuts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sir. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so yeah, it, it was wild, dude. It was wild. Um, yeah. So I didn't want to influence your decision, but yeah, the, the storytelling to me is, and again, me, maybe, maybe it's because I, I know all the storylines, right? Yeah. That, well, I, that I, I feel more um, connected to some of the shots that you've taken. Like my favorite shot is of the Mongolian coaches in 2016 uh, <laughs> in their underwear. Like, yeah, I, I don't think people realize how wild that was i don't yeah. i mean social media was obviously around 2016 yeah. but I, I don't think that it got nearly the amount of play that it would have today on social media these dudes stripped down to their skippies in the middle of the olympics yeah and started throwing their clothes at the officials and yeah. with good reason yeah well i you know it's it's funny because I knew in the time in the in the moment. I mean, obviously, I'm shooting photographs of it, but I'm kind of like you, going like, "This is this is okay. This is categorically the craziest thing I've ever seen at a wrestling tournament." And I've been to, you know, I mean, my dad was a coach, like I said. I I've I was doing some rough. I mean, it has to be in the tens of thousands, or I don't know, like you know, tens of thousands of wrestling, like thousands, thousands. Let's go thousands. Mm -hmm. 
of wrestling tournaments. I mean, where you you've seen everything. You've seen crazy moms. You've seen oh, yeah. parents running the mat. You've seen like everything, and <laughs> that is happening at the Olympics. And you're like, okay, this is categorically the craziest thing I have ever seen at a wrestling tournament, and I've got to take photos of it. I mean, I wanted to sit there and like laugh, but you know, it was like this is nuts, and uh, yeah, I got to shoot it, and 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 that brings up, and you, you didn't ask, but like having to shoot through. I mean, I having to shoot people that I love wrestlers that I love lose and still have to shoot that. Imagine being a storyteller, right? Like, and you're telling a story of one of your favorite people in the world, a wrestler, you know, say Sarah Hildebrand is one of my favorite people in the world and having to shoot the match at the Olympics where she loses. It's like, again, you're shooting through tears, right? You're like, oh my God, this is so painful for me to do. But as a historian, as a storyteller, I, I just have to do it. And then I have to relive it when, I when you edit the yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, this is this is hard. It's hard okay. sometimes. Are you are you thinking about the storylines prior to a tournament? Or is that something where you like shoot and then are looking back or you're thinking about it as the tournament's going? No, I, I, I am invested in the sport. I think it makes, I don't want this to sound egotistical when I see things like me. It makes me a better photographer because I listen to you guys. I listen to a lot of the podcasts. I study the stuff, right? I pay attention to what Willie's saying for better or worse. Well, I, look, me, I mean, you can always find a gem in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. But, um, in answer to the, to the question, Joel is no, I, I am very aware of what's going on both in the domestic scene and the international scene. Right. So I knew, let's say, um, yeah, you know, like if there's a big match coming up in the early rounds of worlds that has meaning, I will intentionally go to that mat and like shoot it and stuff. And I think that, kind of knowledge is helpful and it's helpful for other media because they'll be like, Hey, did you happen to, and I'm like, yeah, no, I was over there because I know that, you know, I, I don't know the exact example, but it's like, well, these, you know, these were both Americans, right? Right. Right. Sebastian Rivera is wrestling, you it's, know, an American yeah. you know, Yanni or whomever, but yeah, exactly. I think you're, you're downplaying your, investment in the sport and how and why it makes you one of the best photographers in the world but it's not the only thing that makes you one of the best photographers in the world it's the fact that you have an understanding a, a an intimate understanding of the sport both from a a macro and micro level and what i mean by that is you've wrestled so here's here's why i enjoy being behind the camera i know where the action's going I've yep. seen so many freaking wrestling matches in my life that I can anticipate like, Oh, th you know, this ankle pick is probably going to wind up over here. I might want to start moving the camera over that way here soon. So it's like, <clears throat> it's the anticipatory aspect for me that makes you great. Now, now here's the trick. And I guess here's the question. How do you get good at the technical aspect of uh, the, the actual shot as it pertains to wrestling. Cause my biggest problem has been, Oh shit. That was cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? You just go like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, sort of, you know, that that's tricky, man. Concentration. And and I, I I joke all the time, like life, like there, it's like there are evil forces around that are just constantly throwing things to distract you, um, whether it's somebody in the background or whether it's somebody sitting next to you, whether it's other shooters, because like one of the, this is a funny story, and I'll I'll get to the deeper part of your question in a second, but like um, non wrestling people will be sitting next to me and at something like the Panam games or the Olympics or whatever. I mean, you are crowded in and you can hear everybody when they fire, right? Particularly older cameras, the, the mirrorless cameras make a little less noise, but you can hear like, and I swear to God, I've done this before. I would play with the non wrestling shooters. I would just fire and they would fire like right after me. And it would bring me so much joy to do that. Uh, but, you, got a, um, you got a ref picking your nose. Good for you. you. Totally. And I'm like, oh shit. And then they just, they'll just go. But um, I don't know. You know, honestly, I think that I think like we all have gifts that we're given by whether it's God or just, uh, you know, hereditary or genetics or whatever, you know, people are particularly good. I just happen to have very good fast twitch, like, like from sight to, to button press, I'm extremely quick. And, and I, and I, but I think what it comes down to Mike is exactly you. I've been around it so long and you could do this too. I bet you know that the absolute minutia of movement prior to a shot being taken, right? Mm -hmm. You'll you'll see it from Jordan, and then you'll be able to repeat. So Jordan, you'll know that Jordan um, Burroughs will re-attack in certain situations, and you just have that back in the back of your brain. And so then you can foreshadow that, oh, dude, dude just took a half shot. Here it comes. Burroughs is going to go. You'll hear me and, say it. You'll hear me say it on mic. I'll go, here it comes. Here yeah. comes. Right. Exactly. exactly. And, and yeah, there's, there is, um, there's a lot of mental reps. Yeah. That go into that. Um, Joel, do you have any, cause I can, I can go for a day here like this. <laughs> I was going to like, while we're on the subject, can you enjoy a wrestling tournament while you're shooting it? Can I enjoy it? Y yeah. Um, I, I can, it's, there are a lot of work and it, you know, it's, it's, a uh, it's a little thankless. Like, um, I, this is, I will, for, let's say like NCAAs, it is not uncommon for me to run back, literally run back off the floor, take one of those, like there are these boxes that have like a little can of tuna fish and like four crackers, stuff that in my face, take a sip of water and run back out on the floor. But that's kind of the dis discipline it takes to like, to to do it right and for me one i'm, I'm i might be covering schools and I, I can't miss a match two i don't like to miss action or there might be one of the matches like we're talking about there might be around a 16 match that's quite compelling because these two kids actually wrestled on the same team in high school like right. two poe kids like are up they're wrestling for different schools that's compelling to me like i just want to see that match right? right like so in answer to your question yeah i i love it i mean that's why i'm doing it right i I love the sport of wrestling and it's not to say that I'm enjoying every minute of a tournament because it can get very, very taxing. You're constant, constantly having to keep your concentration level up. You get hungry, you get tired, you get 
your body starts to hurt. And all those, remember I mentioned earlier, all those distractions will keep you from allowing the that flow. So like there's a there's a flow. To be able to catch Jordan Burroughs hitting a shot like that, I'm not consciously thinking of it. I'm it's all unconsciously happening. And in order to stay focused like that, I have to try to eliminate those external factors. And that's really hard to do when your ass is tired, when your back is sore, my arm is sore, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, there's somebody with bad breath next to me you know, whatever, it's like all of that has to just get kind of pushed aside and, and you focus. Um, but d I do love it. I, d I am able to enjoy it for the most part. Right. Um, is there more artistic energy put into the shot or the edit? The edit. Really? I mean, the shot, you know, obviously, so in order to get a, a great shot, you have to be there. So mm -hmm. you have to travel, you have to get there, you have to have the right gear. You know, and, and these days, because of lighting conditions and stuff like that, it's, you know, you have to keep your gear modern. You have to be in the right place. So you have to be on the floor, you have to earn the right to be on the floor. Um, and then you, there's a fair amount of luck that has to happen, right? Like the angle has to be right and you have to fire and the ref is not in the way. And so all of that stuff is under your control, but it's not necessarily, uh, you haven't put the brush to the, uh, canvas, canvas. Yet, mm. right? And so then, so then you, it, preparation is key to it all. Then let's say the the action happens and you take the shot and you have um, up to that point determined what kind of settings are right for the situation because you do that. Like when I walk into a, a an arena, people always are like, well, you, you'll come up to me and talk to me. And what's going through my head initially is what are the lighting conditions like? What kind of lights are there? What color are the mats? Where are the finals? Blah, blah, blah. Like I just immediately I'm taking in a lot of data on like how the shots are going to look, you know, at, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, you, you get that shot and that's all preparation. That's all timing. That's all skill. Um, but then once it's in the can, as they say, you, you, you either, that day or you come home and you got to edit all out the crappy ones around it. Right. And then, or the ones that are, they're unnecessary in the storytelling and in the art, and then you bring it into Lightroom or you bring it into Photoshop and, and you tune it. And that for me is as, is a big part of the artwork. You have to, you have to really have a good eye for color contrast, you know, all of these things, what's too much, what's just enough. I'm, you know, my whole thing is skin tone. Skin tone is trumps everything. And that's why my shots look better. If the skin tone is off, the shots just going to look off. So even if the, the background is, was gray and now it looks green, as long as the skin tone of the wrestlers, it looks good. The shot will look okay. So can you can you pick out your <clears throat> let me rephrase that I can pick out your work versus versus Justin's work versus yep. Sachs work I can I can pick it out um 
out like out of a lineup of of 10 20 how do you go about creating an identity for your work that is not easy dude it's not easy and it's you you have to i think you have to kind of be good you have to stand out you need to find that voice as it were right in the in the in the writing world right you you have get you've got to find your voice and you got to stick with it you look sam janicki is a great photographer yes. um he really likes a lot of light he he will put up um strobes and i commend him for sticking with that and finding that voice and that's what he likes and it's like power to you man like you know it's not particularly my thing it does and, and in a way his stuff stands out from mine and and mine from his and um where it gets weird is at things like the olympics where everybody's shooting the same camera same lenses same lighting conditions and stuff that's where i'll get tripped up or at world championships um it, it, it's funny because yes i can identify my shot just at a glance right mm -hmm. um and i've gotten burned once where i came after somebody not after them but i was like hey you're using my shot and then they're like, no, that's not yours. That's, uh, you know, so-and-so's from, from, you know, or years from Germany. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, snap. Right, because we were both using Nikon same D6, yeah. same lenses and stuff like that. And with the lighting conditions being where you don't have to tune the photos too much um, in post-processing. Yeah, so they're, they're starting to equalize a little bit, but... Um, you know, it, that's only at those bigger events. The worse the lighting conditions, the more you're going to stand up. Because I'm the guy, I will spend, I'll be up till three in the morning very often mm -hmm. um, working on it. Every single shot gets um, gets love and gets some attention, right? And interestingly, like with the, you know, I used to shoot for UWW. They're now, their speed is trumping art, so, or speed is trumping quality. So they're forcing those guys to post unprocessed JPEGs um immediately which you know i get it and in the camera you can make adjustments and get them to look decent good good enough right mm -hmm. um and i don't shoot with them now and i would push back i'd be like that that ain't my game i mean i can do that i've done that <laughs> i i did it i didn't have the colors right and i did it for the otts for 2020 and you know, I was posting them right away and these shots are still out there. Then I'm like, Oh God, those are terrible. <laughs> like it hurts my soul. Right. Uh, I'll see it. And I'll know exactly like which one was like a JPEG that I had posted right from Matt's side that it wasn't color corrected correctly. Uh, that's too yellow. That's out there. And I'm like, oh. those mats were gleaming. They were gleaming. They were so. For those of you that that don't know, the Olympic team trials in twenty twenty one, right? Well, twenty. Well, yeah. When was it? I don't know. It was twenty one. Yeah. So, but the point is though that they were white on like light gray with just. It looked like they were glowing. But white is good. By the way, I helped pick those colors because I, I was like, if you do red, I will not go. Like, I will jump off. Because <laughs> everyone's skin cone is off. <laughs> it's so horrible. So actually, like, Taylor um, um, called and said, we're working on it. I'm like, okay, well, so white is okay. It's just, it's the other ambient light mm -hmm. that's going on it. And also, like, it's just getting, you can do a lot of adjustments in your camera. Like, the adjustments you do in your camera are just the JPEG that you see in your camera and the JPEG that you would see 
it's not the raw file, which is, you know, which is really just data um, that you really work on. That's your palette, right? You're mm -hmm. working on the, the raw file. Um, you can tune JPEGs, but it's it's invasive. So you're like actually changing pixels, which it with rough. I don't want to get too geeked out on it. But um, anyways, if you're if you're not dialed in and you're posting straight from the mat, uh, your shots aren't going to look as good quality. And that's the point is like you, they're out there in the world. And yeah, it hurts sometimes. But oh, um, I think you'll I think you'll be just fine. I think sure. you'll make it through. Yeah. You know, there's one other point. Like the, then there's a historian part of me. Right. So so that's the, the 3 a.m. stuff. So I'm, you know, like right now I'm working on Pan Am stuff and I'm, you know, it's the round of 16 of you know guatemala versus peru um decent shot and i'm like why and then so so one thing that does i do stand out is i i don't know anyone that has a catalog as that's as available searchable that's as dense i mean i i genuinely i i think that factors into what makes a photographer great like you have to be able to find the photos right if you if you if they aren't putting their photos out there in there then sure you're a great photographer but they have to be available and easily accessible right and so you that's mean a labeling thing. them img.27957 <laughs> isn't helpful it's right. weird. It's weird that you say that. Right, right. So for me, it's like all it's in the caption. It's not the file name, but it's in the caption, right? And I, that's why during COVID, my my wife thought I was insane because she's like, "Well, what photos are you working on?" And I'm like, "Well, these are the 2013, you know, Fila Junior, you know, photos, but they haven't been captioned correctly, and they haven't been moved over. I I moved to Smug Mug." Um, about five years ago and so there were there are legacy photos photos from between 2006 and i don't know 2013 or so that are like ha have not been moved over to my catalog in it and i'm like i need to move them over and i need to caption them because you got some great like you know senior level post college coaches you know bill's attic photos of bill's attic wrestling you know and uh at, at team trials and stuff like that and, he, and it's fun to go up and be like, oh, Bill, look at you. And then I'll reprocess them and caption them. It's the most important thing. So so then when I when I retire or die or whatever, um, there will be the most dense, uh, the, the, the best collection of wrestling photos from about 2007 to whenever it is. Uh, that time frame will have the, like, the most uh, cataloged, um photos available for usa wrestling and then i'm even working on you know i got my buddy sam herring and i actually have to meet with him about this but he's going to keep the smug mug account going because and we don't need to get into this right now it's a little macabre but it's like in the digital age when you die what happens to your stuff like if it's all up on smug mug and all of a sudden you're not paying smug mug or smug mug moves to some other platform you know, it's like in the old days, you've got slides or pictures, you know, you go through and you put catalogs together and stuff like that. It's like, what happens to your digital photographs? It's, it's interesting stuff to think about. You've got to uh, experience so many different aspects of wrestling, obviously being a wrestler, an official, a coach. How have those experiences helped to kind of translate what you're doing today? 
Well, I think they all kind of collectively add it's it's like anything in life, right? Experience um, having different experiences is super helpful. Um, so the coaching, uh, the, the the what's interesting too is that you know having coached some then I can kind of coach some now and but it, it, in a more mature way and thinking it through like you know um, and not not thinking about coaching thinking about photography and then thinking a little bit about coaching giving kids a little bit of advice I mean I'm no Mike Mike Mao but um, I don't I just think that like anything in life you just you know experience collective experience and wisdom you know, all starts to add up and stuff. Go ahead, Joel. <clears throat> Cause I want to, I want to start firing away our, our quick. Yeah. I, you got to do the Rushmore's because I spent some oh. time on this one. I did my homework. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're prepared. I love it. Go ahead. What would you say to a, uh, a mom or a dad who got a DSLR for Christmas and are like, I'm a photographer. What would you say? it's different between what what you do and why you charge for photography versus what they're doing well for me it's kind of turned into a profession right so it's you know so i think it's great that mom mom and dad got a dslr and what i would say to them i thought you were going to ask like what advice would i give them and it shoot a lot like just go and shoot and use it and use it and use it and use it in different lighting conditions. Um, and you have to figure out the post-processing stuff. You have to, um, you, 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 you know, and, and that's the thing. So it's like, you need a DSLR and you need a computer with Lightroom. Um, uh, you can do it without, but you know, and I get it, I get it. Phones are great, but you know, there's a reason why there are filters on your phone. Right. And, and that sort of thing. There's a reason why there are all those tools on your phone. I mean, you know, when you take a picture and then it suggests like, Oh, do you want to change the contrast or the tint or whatever? That's the, that's the same thing Lightroom is doing with like a DSLR, you know, photo. So, um, and then caring and investigating and being creative and um, having passion about it and just, you know, wanting to get better at something, right? And putting the time and effort into doing it. For me I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Me yeah. and, you what he's saying is that those are all the things that the that separate him <laughs> from mom and dad with a DSLR. See, yeah. Tony's too nice to say it, but that's the truth. Right, like that's the God's honest truth. Is like, look, you got to do this a lot, like a whole lot, like a whole and, lot, like a whole lot. And yeah. the kids that that come up to me and say, "Well, how do I get into media?" Freaking do it, just do it. Like I set up a like the first behind the dirt was shot on an iPhone four, an iPhone four that was propped up against the kettlebell, and yep. that was it. Like you know, you just got to do it. Yeah, a lot, and and you gotta I mean, like expect to suck at it, like for a long time. Like yeah. it's gonna be bad for a while, you know. Yeah. How many, how many hours would you say you are spending per year 
<laughs> You're killing me. Yeah, I I have to get back to you on that because I mean, do you factor in travel? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot. Um, a lot. And uh and it's the post processing, the editing, the captioning, that's the killer. And that's what no, this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know anyone. And honestly, it's again not to put anybody down, but I don't know anyone that's doing that amount of work to whittle down every single session to say 250 to 350 shots, but then go in and look up the bracket and actually caption those shots for the early rounds and stuff. And I'll scold myself when I start slagging because I'm like, I don't know those two kids. And I mean, I, I get, it gets weird because I'll start looking at like, well, one of them must have won. So maybe I have a shot of that kid. Well, what kind of shoes did he wear? Did he wear a knee pad on his right? Okay, he wore, he wore a yellow knee pad on his right knee. Okay, let me go back over. Oh, that's that kid. That must be that match. And it's like, I'm like sitting there going, this is obsessive. Yeah, it is a lot. And it is probably obsessive but that's <laughs> okay no, that, but again these are things that make you great all right yeah. let's 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 get moving on these on the uh on the quick questions here yeah favorite wrestling shoe tony okay an all black tiger what is it own it own a, own a soap. Own a soap. Yeah. i freaking Ooh. love those my dad had a pair and he would let me wear them once in a while and i i would i love those shoes that's a good one. That's a good answer. Yeah. That's a very, very good answer, yeah. sir. That is uh, uh, the Cadillac, like the old school like Cadillac. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like yeah. that. All right. If you could change one thing about the sport, you had a magic wand. Yep. No what fog, would it be? No fog machines ever anywhere, even near the building. No outlaw fog machines from <laughs> every wrestling event Ever. why why five machines because they, they make with photos yeah they they are terrible they're only for the in-house and they're only for the lighting guys ego and i was told recently just uh, that apparently there's like new fog it's i don't know hydrogen <laughs> or, i don't know what they said but it, apparently it's like it's not visible to the naked eye but when the light hits it it will so it's a doing what they want fog to do in a in a light show right which is which is you can see the beams of light yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and they were saying that like it will catch the light but from the naked eye you can't actually see it and i'm like okay that maybe but um <laughs> maybe no fog machines. I love it. I love the minutia of Ever. that. It's wonderful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear your let's hear your rush more, brother. So here's the thing. I think that everybody gets so caught up in the recency bias, right? And I really would I really spent some time like I looked up like who who were the four presidents? Why were were they chosen, right? And and so Harold Nichols. Harold Nichols, like the dude coached Gable, right? His coaching tree is completely insane, right? He coached, he, he had six NCAA championships. He coached over 37 seasons. He coached Gable, right? He coached mm. another guy on Rushmore, mm. right? So, okay. so that Washington Nichols. was the birth, right? So Harold mm. Nichols, right? Now, Thomas Jefferson was they was chosen for growth, right? And now hang on your seats, but Cliff Keen, 
He coached Nichols. He coached for 45 years. He changed the mat from a square to a circle, and he invented headgear, whether you like it or not. Okay. So what I'm going with so, this. So, so that's inroad. So you're, you're talking about inroad of uh, making a deep cut, yeah, so to like, speak. Okay. Because, you okay. know, I, I get it. Like everybody's like, I, everybody's like Gable, maybe Baumgartner, Smith, Burroughs. What do you do with Kale? Right. I, everybody. I, right. I get it. I get it. But we're really, if we, if we, that's all recency stuff, but I'm about to get there. Right. So then you got preservation. Abe Lincoln was chosen for preservation. There, there you got Gable, right? So it was Harold Nichols, Cliff Keene, Dan Gable. Now I am right there with you guys. Um, and uh, uh, so Roosevelt was chosen for development. And this is where I get jammed up. I actually think John. Yeah, has John to be. Yeah. Because I think not only, not only did John do what he did his accomplishments are are you know very clearly very difficult to replicate but he changed an entire style of wrestling like and i 100%. really admire that yeah 100 you know, 100%. You yeah. know that I'm, I'm sure you do they tried to outlaw yeah right they tried to outlaw getting that low in your stance and putting a hand on the mat they tried to they like the wow. russians were like he can't do that yeah why not Stalin. you know what i mean yeah right 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 so but like you want to talk about transformative yeah they're john yeah. w it's with the to... with the accomplishments right yeah right like so it's it's not <clears throat> you know yes low single for sure even though you can make an argument that it had negative effects almost right because then it, it brought in funk wrestling which made right. us really ugly in terms of technique for a long time yep. but but just inroad like the dude made a, a tremendous in fact there's a big part of me that wants to put together a short like 20 minute documentary on modern era starting with gable okay the modern era of wrestling starting with gable okay where the modern era exhibits that hard work can get you very far in this sport right because dan gable was not the most gifted athlete in the world Right. And then there's like this postmodern era. Okay. With John W and like hard work plus technique can get you this far. And then you would use another term, like, I don't know, meta modern or something like that to, to speak. And that's, I think that's the, I think that's the, the, the stage that we're in right now with Jordan Burroughs is Jordan has the hard work, the technique, and the adaptability okay that it takes and now you in like and when i say adaptability i don't just mean on a wrestling mat the dude is so special when it comes to his nutrition the dude is so special when it comes to being an outward ambassador of the sport the dude is so special when it comes to being an incredible dad like so like all these things are like encompassed in this this brand new age of wrestling in this country and i don't, I just don't know that it's being talked about enough and how one led to the next to the next to the next and it's just it's impressive to me man it's really impressive absolutely 
Yeah. If you ever hear it, I mean, we've all heard him talk and you're like, you had to have rehearsed that. Please. For sure. Please. It boggles my mind. Like, please that, tell me stuff that you and Warren off. were come like, on. you know, like <laughs> the stuff that comes out of his mouth is like, that is the perfect sound bite. It's, you know, it's yeah, incredible. It's, yeah. It's incredible. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out, Tony. That has to be among the most thought out Mount Rushmore answers that we've had. So far. Oh, Appreciate you. I really well, do. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. We got to get out of here. Tony, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. See you.